This is it, the ultimate wellness show just for you. Wellness for Life Radio with Dr. Suzanne Bennett. Male menopause, a.k.a. andropause, is when there's a drop in testosterone production in men over 50 years old, and it can cause physical, sexual, and psychological problems. You can have symptoms such as low energy and reduced libido, feelings of depression or sadness, decreased motivation and lower self-confidence, maybe even have brain fog, loss of memory, and difficult concentrating, experience insomnia, increased body fat around the belly, and of course, reduced muscle mass and bone density, have even a condition called gynecomastia or man boobs. Basically, you're growing breast tissue. And finally, ED. And the never-ending topic of erectile dysfunction. Now, if you or your loved ones are suffering from any of these symptoms, it may be due to a decrease in testosterone level. But no worries. Our next guest is here to shed some light on how you can boost up your testosterone levels and sex drive naturally. Today on Wellness for Life, we have men's health expert, Dr. Miles Spar a board-certified physician who directs the Integrative Medicine Program at the Men's Health Foundation in Los Angeles and at the Sims Man Health and Wellness Center at Venice Families Clinic. Thanks for being here, Dr. Spar. Thanks, Dr. Suzanne. It's so great to be here with you. I love your work, and it's really a privilege. I appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, outside of that erectile dysfunction, uh, you know, low testosterone symptoms are super similar to menopause, female women's menopause. So I'd like you to at least start with telling us the difference between male and female menopause. Sure. I mean, female menopause, you know, is a little more abrupt. So I think it, it gets a little, it gets a lot more attention and it also is a lot more noticeable, um, to women because number one, they can observe that they're stopping having their menses. And so that's something very obvious. And number two, it happens much more, um, kind of quickly, whereas with men's menopause or andropause, as we call it, it's a little more gradual over time. Testosterone levels start to go down. There's no real physical event that stops happening, per se. So a lot of guys don't even recognize anything going on or at least don't attribute these feelings of all the symptoms you mentioned, like depression or maybe gaining a little weight or having lower energy or lower libido or erectile issues. They don't really attribute that to hormonal changes. And I, and I feel like, unfortunately, I think the, the medical community has traditionally kind of just blown off the symptoms and saying, oh, maybe it's depression. Let me put you on an antidepressant without even checking hormone levels. Or oh. it's just normal to have, if they do check levels, they say, oh, it's normal to have them go down with age, not really looking at the quality of life that's going down as the hormone levels go down. Right, right. You know, with all my male patients, even men early on, I mean, they come in with feelings of depression. They feel like I'm always tired. I can't think straight. I'm not sleeping well. I always check. I mean, testosterone is one of those things. I also check what's called sex hormone binding globulin to see if it's, if you really have good levels of testosterone. And can I tell you, I see it more and more. Men in their 30s are even coming in with low testosterone levels. I mean, it's such a, it's crazy how low it can get for them. And you know what? Do you feel that that's what's happening as well? That in general, we're just seeing a lot lower levels. Yeah, we are. And that's even, you know, separate from the whole andropause issue. That's just a, a kind of an epidemic of low testosterone. And we also see impaired fertility at higher rates. There's been lots of literature showing the fertility rates for men have just plummeted in Western countries. And there's a lot, you know, and I think that goes along with this decrease in testosterone. 
there's a lot of uh, questioning about what, why that is. I think a lot of it has to do with things you talk a lot about on your podcast and you work with in your practice and, and your recent book talks about, and that's about toxification and how toxifying our environment is. And most people are not really taking advantage of some of the detox methods they can be doing to clear out just the stuff we're exposed to all the time. So I think between that and stress, we're really taking down our testosterone levels. I mean, I think of cortisol, which is the stress hormone, I call it the anti-T because, you know, there are basically two anti-Ts in the body. There's cortisol and there's fat. Um, and we are at higher rates of obesity in men and that decreases testosterone. And if you want, I can go into how that works. And then cortisol, the stress hormone is at all-time highs and that's impairing fertility and lowering testosterone. Right. When you say anti-T, you mean anti-testosterone, right? Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yes. You know, there's a condition, uh, or I should say a biochemical um, pathway, which is called the cortisol steel. And what that means is that, you know, the same, same properties of what makes testosterone, which is ultimately cholesterol. Cholesterol is, it makes testosterone, but you can have what's called a cortisol steel when you're under a ton of stress. It literally pulls that cholesterol, goes to, and pathways to the, the cortisol level. So then, of course, there, there's not enough going into testosterone. Let's talk a little bit about that. And why is it that we are under so much high level of cortisol issues? Well, I think, first of all, I think part of that, you know, if, if people don't really understand the biochemistry, think about it kind of evolutionarily. I think um, it makes sense that our brains, when they sense stress, evolutionarily, that meant the body is under attack. We need to fight or run, and we can't be focusing on having sex or making progeny that we may not be able to protect because there's this crisis. We need to focus on blood to the heart, blood to the muscles. Let's react. Let's respond. Let's not worry worried about mating. And so I think that's why under a lot of stress, you get that high cortisol, women stop menstruating, men stop making testosterone. And it just kind of makes total sense. Um, so I think that's why we're seeing these low T levels at younger ages in men. I think besides the toxifying issues that I talked about, I think this high levels of cortisol, which can be measured, and your, your audience members probably know because they're pretty sophisticated. I mean, you can measure your cortisol levels very easily by mail order tests or ideally through a healthcare practitioner in saliva or in dried urine, um, measuring them throughout the day to see is that the, the problem because it doesn't make sense just to treat a symptom if the underlying problem is you're not sleeping and your stress level is up or you're not doing some kind of stress management on a regular basis and your cortisol level is up. Address that and then your testosterone levels will follow by increasing. That's great. You know, we talk about, you just talked about some certain types of tests and you said that there's different kinds of tests that we can use. Uh, the dry urine test, uh, I use the one that's by Dutch. Have you used that test as well? Yeah, I love that test. It's, um, yeah, it's, it, it tells number one, all the sex hormone levels and their free levels. You know, you mentioned sex hormone binding globulin and it's really important for people to understand that if you get your healthcare practitioner to check a testosterone, they don't want to just check whole testosterone because that doesn't give you a lot of information. You need to know how much of your testosterone is really available to bind to receptors and work because most testosterone is bound to either albumin, which is one protein, or sex hormone binding globulin, like you mentioned. So the, the test, like the Dutch test, test, checks the free level, the bioavailable level, the level that really matters and can bind to receptors and work. Um, and I also, I have to say, I like the Dutch test because 
It also tells you cortisol throughout the day, and it's easy to pee on a strip. It's much less stressful than poking yourself with, with a needle. And it tells you these downstream metabolites of some of your other neurotransmitters, which are really involved in sexual function and stimulation, like your dopamine metabolites and your norepinephrine, these other hormones that are very important in normal, feeling good, normal libido, and normal sexual function. Okay, that's great. Thanks so much for sharing that. You know, as we're talking about uh, what what uh, what's important for having higher levels of testosterone, let's go into how we can do it naturally. You know, naturally, how can men boost their sex drive? You know, because that's really one of the things that a lot of of men and women complain is like, oh, my partner or my my lover or um, my my husband. Um, and men, of course, come in and say, I just don't even think about it anymore. You know what I mean? It's just right, not right. Yep, there. Definitely. I don't care about it. I have no urge whatsoever. So what can men and women do to help their partners um, uh, stimulate and boost their sex drive? Yeah, well, I think the top two things are, are dealing with the stress and dealing with being overweight. So like I said, fat is an anti-testosterone. So if, if a guy is having low libido issues, the first thing to look at is, is he carrying excess belly fat? Because you get into this vicious cycle as a guy. Fat isn't just this inert blob. It's actually very metabolically active, and the way it's active is it's estrogenic. So it actually drives your testosterone that you do have to get converted over to estrogen. And the more fat you have, the more you convert testosterone to estrogen. So it becomes this vicious cycle. You have more fat, you end up lowering your own testosterone because it converts to estrogen and estrogen makes you put on more fat and you get into the cycle. So the first thing is look at what do I need to do with my diet or my exercise to lower my body fat. That's going to be the biggest thing for your buck in terms of stopping that shunting of the testosterone over to estrogen. It also has a double benefit because the less body fat you have, the less of that sex hormone binding globulin you have and the better your liver is working. And that helps more of the testosterone you do have to be available and to be free and not bound up. So losing weight is the number one thing. And then the other thing would be, like we said, working on stress. And that means looking to see, what am I doing? Do I have some kind of daily practice, whether it's meditation, prayer, yoga, journaling, breath work, visual imagery, something, even if it's five or ten minutes a day, that helps me at least pretend that everything's under control, even if it isn't. Because, again, it's telling that kind of evolutionary paleo brain, everything's under control, we're not in crisis, we can think about sex, we don't just need to think about survival. So do one of the apps like Headspace or Calm, do something every day that gets that cortisol level down. And then the third natural thing I'd say a lot of guys forget about is sleep. Because when you're not sleeping, you put on weight and you have higher messed up cortisol levels. So everything we're talking about with the fat and the cortisol affecting tea is going to be harder to get under control if you're not sleeping. And we're and, and making sure that you're working on that. Work with a practitioner if you need to to figure out what you need to do. Work with all the sleep hygiene tips that you can hear about, about getting lights out of your room and making sure your bed is cool and comfortable. But really don't forget about sleep as an issue and getting your testosterone up. Great. You know, so to recap, you're saying we got to get, get your fat down, the level of fat, especially belly fat. You mentioned exercise. Yeah. We really want to improve, uh, be, becoming a fat burner. Obviously, that's another. You mentioned we have to manage our stress better. 
so that when we balance yeah. our stress, then the hormones get more balanced and the testosterone go up and then sleep. You know what? How about this? I mean, I'm a big believer. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. So even if you don't right. want to have sex, uh, how about creating a date uh, with your partner and starting that? I mean, wouldn't that improve your sex drive? Absolutely. It, it's very, very true. The more you, A, the more you use it, the more you kind of think about it and it's on your mind. And B, yes, the more you don't use it, the less you're interested and the more you kind of get scared of it and the tension with your partner goes up because you haven't had sex in so long and then it becomes like this big issue and it, it can be a real problem. And we know sex isn't just about physical sex. It's about intimacy and connection and expression. And so if you have a busy life, you have kids, you have a lot going on, schedule it in, just like you said. I think that's really important. And it does actually help the brain stay stimulated because the brain has to tell the gonads to make more testosterone. So that's an important, important part of it. I also right, want to right. add one other thing about exercise is, is resistance training. You know, just like there's that vicious cycle of too much fat decreased decreases testosterone, you get into a cycle. You can get into the opposite cycle if you work out with weights at least once a week because the more muscle mass you have, the more testosterone you produce. And then the more testosterone you produce, the easier it is to put on muscle mass. So again, yeah. you get this opposite of a vicious cycle. You get a positive cycle. Um, so adding in not just the exercise to lose fat, but the exercise to build muscle is really important. That's a great, great point. Also, you know what? How about, are there any foods that increase foods that we can eat that can increase your testosterone levels naturally? Good question. You know, there's there's not a lot, I have to say, of supplements or foods that boost testosterone naturally. There are definitely supplements and foods that increase sex drive. Um, and at lo every culture kind of has some of these foods and supplements. Um, and I'll come to that in a minute. The only, but interestingly, there's one kind of food substance that has been shown to increase testosterone. And it's this stuff called shalajit. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, that's exactly what I use like in my this... practice. Oh my gosh. Shilajit. Perfect. Oh my yeah. God. You're amazing. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> it, it doesn't taste great. So I can't wait to hear how you use it and how you get men to take it because it's not the best tasting. It's like this like mossy, like tar like stuff. It comes kind of, I think it was discovered by Ayurvedic medicine and it, it's like formed from like being compressed between rocks or something. You probably know a lot more about it, but that's actually been shown to pretty effectively increase T. Um, so tell me about that, and then I'll tell you some of the things that boost libido that don't necessarily directly boost T, but do boost libido. Yeah, absolutely. Shilajit I've been using for, gosh, over 10 years. Uh, when I discovered it, in a first in a powdered form, and then there is, what it is, is basically, uh, this is ancient type of it's not, it's, it smells a little like petroleum, but it is not petroleum. It's basically this, this, um, um, it's this kind of gooey, like you're saying, but it comes between rocks in the Himalayans. It's mainly in the Himalayans over there. And it's, and with, um, over billions of years of dinosaurs and animal parts and, and ocean sea animals, it's created this incredible essence of um in, in nutrients it's really nutrients with with minerals and these substances that really support um as an adaptogen it's an adaptogenic like substance and i use it right in many different ways particularly for mitochondrial function i put that into my 
uh, book, Mighty Mido, and wrote about that. But it also does wonders for men and women, their libido and their testosterone level. And uh, you have to take it awesome. small amounts in the day. Usually I tell people to take it in the morning. Now, I take it. I don't use the actual um, resin anymore because it's like a resin. It's very thick and it doesn't taste good. Like, like you said, it really tastes awful. So what I do is I use a product by Zymogen called Testoplex. I don't know if you've ever used Testoplex by Zymogen and it works beautifully. And they just, uh, my patients, yeah, I recommend great. two a day usually. And I've seen, and I've done before and afters with men, testosterone levels, it has gone up. I have this one case. He's been using, um, he was using actual testosterone, uh, hormone from the doctor, you know, getting injectable. Uh, it might have been injectable, it might have been cream. I can't tell you right exactly on the top of my head. But either way, he's a young guy. He's, he started in his thirties and he's, and he started doing because he had low libido. So then 10 years later, you know what? He's experiencing shrinkage of his testicles and other issues. He's got cardiovascular health issues. So he really wants to come get off of it. So he came to see me. Well, we obviously he had to get off of that, that drug. And within three months, we got his testosterone to level to double, double with, with all wow, the things that I that's do. That's amazing. With all the, you know, work I do naturally, but also with, with the Shilajit or t- Testoplex, Testoplex and a few other formulations that, but that, is what works. It does work. So uh, if you're looking for another formula, take a look at that one. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, there have been some good scientific studies on it, um, increasing testosterone like 20, even a little bit more, 20% or so. So right. that's great. That's great to know. You are so ahead of the curve, Suzanne. That's awesome. Um, well, let's talk about the yeah, other supplements. The other things, yeah. Sure. Yeah, like I said, you know, every culture kind of has a libido herb, right? Because it's such an important thing for many cultures. So, you know, I happen to think maca root, which is more, we call it like Peruvian ginseng. It's more Latin American. Um, and that has absolutely been proven to increase libido. You take about one and a half to three grams a day. In fact, there's some good studies showing that it can counter the sexual side effects of some of the antidepressants. So we know that Prozac and Zoloft and those antidepressants have side effects where they decrease libido and decrease sexual function. And maca root actually in very well done scientific studies has been shown to counter that side effect. Um, but then there are other ones. So there are the ginsengs from Asia that are very potent at helping with libido. Uh, mostly it's Panax ginseng because I'm sure your audience knows that some ginsengs aren't even real ginseng so that we call ginseng. So it's really the Korean red ginseng or Panax ginseng. And then in Ayurvedic medicine, tribulus, um, is another herb that's really good for helping with male sexual function and with libido. Um, those are kind of my top three. Um, like I said, I, I, my first go-to is maca and then the ginsengs and the tribulates. But the other thing I, I want to mention is that there's a natural product is DHEA. Do you want me to go into that a little bit? Oh, I would love that. Yes. Cause I, I'm a big believer in the, in the precursor to testosterone as well. Yeah. Yeah, and DHA, you know, dihydroepiandosterone, it's also androgenic, meaning it, it acts like a male hormone. It binds to receptors it, as well as being a precursor to testosterone, and it comes from the adrenal gland. So a lot of guys might have normal testosterone, but if they're stressed out or for whatever reason their adrenal gland isn't functioning optimally, they have, you know, burnout, their DHA levels can be low, and a lot of times they're not getting it tested. So it's important to get that checked because that's a pretty easy fix. I mean, obviously... You want to deal with the underlying cause of any adrenal issues, but still you can get 
as a supplement DHEA, um, and take that, you know, a lot of women too, when uh, through menopause, they would take a lower dose, but it's really helpful for libido women at maybe five or 10 milligrams for men. We'll use about 50 milligrams. And I see a huge difference in that in my kind of very overachieving men who come in and their tea isn't too, too low. And, um, we give them some of these herbs and it helps them a little bit, but then we add the DHA and that's what makes the difference in terms of libido. Right, right. That the patient of mine I was talking about, we definitely used some extra DHA and we went up to 50, 50 milligrams for him as well. Yeah. Which is yeah. great. I mean, Very it's, safe, it's, but important to check the level. It's, it's interesting because some, uh, you know, we're still working on improving the libido. I mean, we definitely got that sex drive going, but, but, you know, we want more. I mean, he, he definitely obviously wants more. And because it's, it's a missing part of his, his, uh, life. He's a married woman and married man and, and but wants more <laughs> intimacy with his, his, um, wife and just wants to feel better. You know, and to feel stronger because he was just not maintaining his muscle mass and all that. So that's the great thing. You know, we talk about what we can boost our sex drive and how to make it more um, healthier re- levels. How about what should we stop doing? I know we talked about stress and we need to sleep, sleep uh, more. But what is it that we should avoid to help your sex drive? Well, there. Yeah, good question. I mean, one thing that really interferes with sex drive in men is estrogen, right? And so. Because estrogen, A, it pulls testosterone away and it, it decreases the sex drive in men. And unfortunately, a lot of the environmental chemicals we're exposed to are estrogenic. So one big thing is really checking estrogen levels and making sure you're decreasing exposure to things like plastic. That's the biggest thing that's estrogenic. You know, a lot of these plastics that we have are water bottles and they're sitting in our car or we drink from the office water cooler. That's that big, giant plastic water jug that's sitting in the truck especially here in Southern California, out in the heat, because the heat just leaches those estrogenic chemicals out of the plastic and into the water that you're drinking. Don't heat the plastics up in the microwave. Things I'm sure, again, your audience has heard about, but it's not just that these things are toxic. They're actually estrogenic, and they're very active hormonally. So that's one big thing is getting rid of toxins and decreasing exposure to these estrogenic chemicals. Um, that's, a, that's a big thing. And the other thing I would say in terms of... Um, decreasing, I would say, eating a lot of animal products, especially dairy products. Um, you know, if you think about dairy, dairy is the perfect food to turn a calf into a cow. Um, and so there, there's some evidence that having too much dairy products really does decrease testosterone and increases body fat. So if you're having a testosterone issue and you really want to go about it naturally, I would really look at decreasing dairy and maybe even trying to decrease some animal products and eat more plant products because those are going to help decrease some of those estrogenic exposures that you're going to get from some of those foods and what those animals are fed. Oh, absolutely. Well, we do know that with cows, they are feeding them hormones, estrogen to make it fattier. Right. You know, this whole right. fatty, they love the the swirl of white fat in the meat and all of that. That's related often is because they are juiced up with the, the estrogen levels. So you're absolutely right. I would also include alcohol. You know, a lot of yeah, we, we, we are a social, social, um, you know, community of people that love to drink alcohol. And that just quelches your fire down there. <laughs> No, it's true. I mean, we talk about how for men, one to two drinks a day is good for cardiovascular disease risk, but it actually 
isn't good for the liver, and the liver is what has to process a lot of this stuff. So even though we give men an allowance of one to two drinks a day or so because of heart disease, it does cause other problems. And like you said, I think that is something to really look at. Maybe even trying an alcohol-free month. You know, It could be February since that's the shortest month. But giving the liver a chance to really clear everything out so it's more efficient at detoxifying can make a big difference. Yeah, great, great. You know, we just got a couple minutes left. I really want to talk a little bit about what's coming up for you. I know that you've got a new book coming out in January of 2020. Can you just tell us a bit about that? So excited for you. Sure. I also want to mention, you know, I have a program for people who want to work with me called TAC 180, T-A-C-K 180, where I do these health strategies with men about how to really look at everything that's going on and what their goals are and then what could be causing them risk of not achieving those goals and giving them a strategy to accomplish those, making sure health is supporting them. And so my book is all about that. It's called Optimal Men's Health, Your Guide to Being Healthy in Order to Win. And it's coming out in January 2020. So I'm look out for that. And then that gives you kind of the outline of the way I work with men. Fantastic. How can people find you online? Um, are you on social media? Yep, I try to be everywhere. <laughs> My website <laughs> is drspar, D-R-S-P-A-R.com. Um, just like yours is Dr. Suzanne, so it's drspar, D-R-S-P-A-R. And then that's pretty much my handle on Instagram and on Twitter, um, drspar, just with one R at the end. And then Facebook is just milesparmd. Fantastic. Miles is M-Y-L-E-S, right? Right, correct, exactly. <laughs> Not the distance. No, thanks so much. Ah, oh, what a great show. Thanks again, Dr. Spar. This was amazing. Thank you. Lots of it. Oh, you're so oh, welcome. You're amazing. We gotta, love it. We gotta have yeah, you I back love you for new sure. Trilogy way before. Yay, yay. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> you bet. Thank you. What a great show. Learned okay. so much information here. You know, great information, valuable. And if you found this to be true, go ahead and share it with you and your loved ones. Share with your loved ones and friends. This will can truly change your life for the better. And if this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe so we can just continue to serve you with with guests such as Dr. Spar here. And connect with me on Instagram at Dr. Suzanne. I post regularly on how to become the best version of yourself through nutrition, self-care, lifestyle, and of course, kimchi. And what's great is that you can engage with me directly there. I truly respond to all of your comments personally. Now, if you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. You can get my contact info on my website at Dr. Suzanne, excuse me, drsuzanne.com uh, website. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well. <laughs>